Hello Friday. Welcome to Life in a Leo. Thanks for listening today. I'm your host, Rebecca Dengrove. Not sure if you listened to last week's episode, but man, did I get things wrong. One quick correction I just wanted to add was that the athletes did not end up competing on a podium, although the Huntsman Center is a giant arena, so that was pretty cool. Also, USAG didn't stream all the routines. Hopefully, when the athletes compete at Classics on July 27th and 28th, we get to see everyone that's competing there. So, something to look forward to. This week, I had the chance to interview Melissa Torres. Melissa is from Northern California and grew up at a club called Almaden Valley Gymnastics, which is near San Jose and sadly no longer exists. Melissa created a fiction gymnastics series called Perfect Balance Gymnastics. We discuss it briefly, but definitely check it out on Amazon or her own website, melissatorres.com, for more info. M-E-L-I-S-A-T-O-R-R-E-S.com. I'll provide a link in our blog post on leotard.com so you can find more information there. Can't wait to hear what everyone thinks about this week's show. Make sure to hit us up. Now let's get into the show. Hi there, this is Rebecca with Life in a Leo, and today I'm interviewing Melissa Torres. Did I say that right? Yes, Melissa. Awesome, Melissa. Okay, this is a really exciting interview. We have a lot to share, and let's just get right into it. Uh, Melissa, how did you get into the sport of gymnastics? It's actually a funny story. My parents put me in a lot of traditional sports, softball, soccer, tennis, swimming, and my uncle came to watch a softball game. My dad was coaching. My sister was playing second base and I was in left field, literally doing cartwheels in left field. I'm not paying attention <laughs> to the game at all. That's and funny. I was in my own world, handstands, cartwheels, um, trying to do front walkovers. And my uncle pulled my dad aside and said, Martin, I think you have this girl in the wrong sport. <laughs> It took it took someone from the outside to recognize it, and then my mom took me to my first lesson, and that was the end of it. I was hooked. Wow. How old were you when you started? Eight. Okay. Oh, wow. That's a little bit yes. older. Yes. Yep. And did you always go to the same club, or did you change gyms throughout the course of your pre-college experience? I was at the same club, Almondon Valley Gymnastics Club, and I was there from eight until 18. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. Can you give us a little bit more background in terms of like how, what was your experience like at Almaden? What level did you get up to? At what point did you decide that you wanted to, to be a college gymnast? So it took me several years to be competitive because I was doing other sports until I was 11 is the first year I competed. So I got a bit of a late start and I got through to level nine and really the thing holding me back from level 10 was I was a very, I struggled a lot on bars and I assumed that that meant I couldn't do college gymnastics. And my junior year, my coach said to me, Hey, did you want to do college? And oh, wow. I said, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I didn't know that was an option. And he was like, sure. Do you want to be done next year? Or do you want to keep going? And of course I instantly said, I want to keep going. I didn't know I could. He's like, yeah, let's send some videos to, some coaches. So I didn't realize I could market myself as a specialist until he said that. And we put together a video of mostly floor, which was were level 10 caliber routines. I just was unable to score out of level nine. Uh -huh. um, 
and coaches weren't coming to me because I wasn't that uh, flashy all arounder and I, I wasn't on the level 10 circuit, but I got a little bit of um, interest from coaches. But what really sealed the deal was I competed my senior year at Utah State and the coach there saw my floor routine and then found my my club coach and found my parents and immediately took me on a tour of the campus and immediately said, I, I want you on my team as a floor specialist. So it took, it did take him seeing me in person. Mm-hmm. Um, but mostly just knowing that your career isn't over just because you're not level 10 was eye opening for me. Yeah. I, that's I awesome. That. Yeah. Yep. And then and did was, you, Oh, sorry, go ahead. go ahead. I was gonna say I had a successful career on floor and, and beam. Oh, that's awesome. In college. Mm-hmm. And then like, was Utah State also fit what you were looking for academically as well? Or did you kind of, were you not sure of what you wanted to study? So it made it a little bit easier to make that decision? Yes. Okay. Well, I was looking for a school that was a community town, which Utah State was. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking I maybe wanted to be a teacher, which didn't pan out, but they had a great education program. So it did fit both. But honestly, at that time, my whole focus was gymnastics, gymnastics, gymnastics. And the education was just something I knew I needed to continue. Uh-huh. <laughs> cool. So what and the did program you- was impressive. I liked the program. I mean, they really got a big crowd. They had a fitness coach and a nutritionist and a sports psychologist. And they wow. had a great program and tutoring and um, I just felt like it was a top-notch program and a big program that I wanted to be a part of even though I knew I would only be doing one or two events Mm -hmm. I wanted to be a part of something that exciting that's awesome wow Mm -hmm. and how did you feel like your experience in college compared to what gymnastics was like in club so in club I was always just focused on the next skill and the next level and of course, having fun with my teammates, but each meet was really just against myself, um, an individual sport. And you're very quietly doing your sport. In high school, my friends at school had no idea what I was doing after school. You're a very a silent athlete almost. And in college, right. you're competing for your team. There was a lot of visibility from my school and from my peers. My friends were going to my meets. That was new to have friends attend. <laughs> And also you get to play to your strengths. I felt like I was fighting the events that I was bad at all the time in high school. And when I got to college, I got to just train three events and really focus on my strengths. And that's fun to be successful on your best events. It was a a breath of fresh air, to be honest. (laughs) For sure. Was your club program focused on pushing kids into helping develop them into college gymnasts? Was that something that they guided you guys on? Or was it just by chance that he had mentioned this opportunity that you could be a specialist? And so that's sort of how you got there. Neil uh, Gallant was my coach that mentioned that he's now the assistant coach at Stanford and he was new to Almaden. So I had two, two years, my junior and senior year. Uh-huh. And he was the one that really um, started pushing it for us. And so there were several college athletes after me. And um, there was kind of a gap before me where college, I think a few girls went to college, but it wasn't as big of a push prior to me. About a five-year gap of 
no girls going to college before me, but prior to that, there were girls going to UCLA and Oregon State and some really big schools. But for some reason, it, it, the program dwindled for a handful of years and then it picked back up. Got it. Oh, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple mm-hmm. of my teammates, I think um, Don McDermott came from Almaden and then Brian Bray uh, yeah. also came out of Almaden. So, and that was up at UC and I Davis. Think that was- they were both Neil's influence as well as me. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, he would just say, do you want to do college? And he didn't really matter if we weren't nationally ranked athletes. He would find us a school that helped us find a school that would fit for us. And prior to him, the girls that went to college were very, very good. They were level 10 or elite. Uh-huh. So they but were being recruited. Said, okay, you don't have to be the best to go to college. We can find you a fit. That's great. Oh, that's really cool. And how did you, once you, can you tell us a little bit more about what your experience was like at Utah State? I, that's not a program I hear much about. And so do you know like how it's evolved over the years or? Utah State, the state of Utah in general, gymnastics is huge. Right. So Utah State is usually in the top 20, as is Southern Utah, BYU. And then of course, Utah is usually in the top five. Yep. So know about the sport so it it had the same head coach for 40 years and I was lucky enough to be a part of that reign uh, Ray Korn it struggled a bit upon his retirement and now it's picking back up but he did a phenomenal job of making gymnastics a huge part of the community so that there would be a fan base Um, he taught rec classes so that those kids would be interested in the sport and then go to the meets and take their family to the meets we would drive around and hand deliver our season tickets to the families in the community and they would get to know us so that they would come to our meets. So it was very um, well run. He, he was great at marketing and promoting and creating the hype around it. Utah in general is a huge state sport state for gymnastics. Yep. And that rolled over into Utah State's program. That's awesome. Well, shifting gears a little bit, I wanted to know, do you have a leotard that you thought of as like a lucky Leo or one that sort of holds a special place in your memory? There was one, I think like all women's fashion, it's the one that makes you feel good and feel (laughs) your most complimenting and your best. And there was one that we had at Utah State that was half white and half blue velvet, which dates me. I mean, it had a big star in the middle. And for some reason, it just, even though it was half white, it was very complimenting the way it cut. Uh And I loved competing in that leotard. And I didn't have a lucky leotard, although that's a really good idea. I wish I did. (laughs) I'm going to get this skill today. I'm going to wear this lucky leotard. That's a great idea. But I liked competing in that one just because I felt my best in it. Awesome. I love that. And then I think you mentioned already floor was one of your best events. Was that also your favorite event? Yes. What was your best skill on the event? Mostly dance. Um, I would dance my way to a 10-0 start value. I did have a Rudy, which front tumbling was new at the time, so it valued an E. Uh Um, But I mostly danced my way with like switch sides and switch sleeps and popas and performance. It was definitely all about performance for me and playing to the crowd and playing to the judges. So same with beam. I danced my way to a 10 I did not have big flips, big series. Uh-huh. Um, it was all all in the dance for me. <laughs> wow. Did you guys train? Did you have a special dance coach or something that helped emphasize that? 
So at Almaden, um, we took ballet once a week from the time I was 12 through high school. Wow. That's and I didn't realize that was unusual, but it definitely showed when I got to college that I had, and it was traditional ballet. For a while, we had one, a madame from the San Jose Cleveland Ballet that came and taught us, although I think we drove her crazy because <laughs> we were, we would do handstands anytime she would pause to change the music. And I think she didn't know what to do with us, but, um, but it, it really, I really helped. And, and it was only an hour a week, but an hour a week of traditional ballet, I feel like it really helped. I agree. Yeah. I always had ballet training as well. And I do, I think it just gives you an awareness of your posture and your feet. And I think the same thing happened in all my classes too. Nobody really wanted to be in ballet. We all wanted to be right. flipping. So right. yeah, <laughs> totally it was very hard for her. We were definitely different, not as disciplined as I think the girl she was used to. <laughs> That's funny. And how do you think gymnastics has taught you to set goals in life? Like, did you set goals in the sport? And have you carried that with you outside of the sport? Yes. Yes. I remember writing down goals really young, like just sitting down with a piece of paper and writing down what skills I needed to get and by when I needed to get them. And I, I assume that most gymnasts do that because it's a really hard sport. And if you don't stay focused on what you need to be learning, you don't get there. But I am a goal setting fanatic. I set goals weekly, monthly, and annually Wow! for both work and for fitness. And to be honest, I don't think I could have finished a book if I hadn't been a gymnast. Wow. Because I had that discipline to just sit at my desk every day and just work at it a little bit every day and know that if I worked at it a little bit every day, eventually I would have something. That's fantastic. Well, why don't you tell us, you know, I don't think we've talked about it yet. What what did you study and what are you doing now? So at Utah State, I studied psychology and literature. And upon graduation, I worked in human resources for 10 years. Wow. And yes. And then with the with child number two, I stayed home. How you were talking about how you stayed home with son number two. Yes. And after he got a little older, I was ready to go back to work, but I didn't necessarily want that strict nine to six schedule that human resources traditionally was. And I was sort of searching around for something and a teammate of mine from Utah State, we were talking about how there were no, or rather complaining, that there were no or very few fiction books about gymnasts, even from when we were children. And she says, you should write one. And I was like, no, I can't do that. That's crazy. But once that seed had been planted, I couldn't let go of it and I wanted to do it. And so I started taking writing classes. My degree was in literature, but not necessarily creative writing. Mm -hmm. So I went and got a bunch of books out of the library on creative writing, went to workshops, signed up for classes until I felt like I had enough knowledge to, to take a crack at it. Wow. So that's how it started. Oh, that's awesome. So what is your, what is the series called? How many books have you written now? And uh, tell us a little bit more about it. Okay. So it's called Perfect Balance Gymnastics Series. And there's five books so far. And it's five team members on the same team. And each book is from a different girl's point of view. Oh, and awesome. the reason I do that is every athlete has a different favorite event or a different struggle in gymnastics. And I wanted to explore those, those different challenges for different personalities and talents. 
Awesome. So, yeah. so you've written the five books so far? Yes. Do you plan and on... more I'm working on right now. <laughs> oh, cool. And how long ago did you start the series? So the first one was published in two years ago, in June of 2016, but I started writing in 2014. Oh, that's awesome. And what is it like... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, I wrote a few of them. I wrote three of them before I published the first one because after I first wrote the first one, I was like, I don't know if I can do that again. <laughs> so I wanted to make sure I had, I could, could continue it. Uh-huh. Has it gotten easier now that you've gone through the process a few times? The publishing and marketing has gotten easier. Writing does not get easier, really. Uh-huh. Writing is hard. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. Do you do you find yourself going back into the gym for inspiration or do you just lean on sort of your past experiences to create the storylines? Oh, both. Absolutely. I I take from my memories um from as a gymnast, experience as a coach, experience as a mom with kids that have been in the gym. Mm -hmm. all, all angles of it. And it's fun because I've had so many different coaches. I can, the main coaches in the book, I can take all my favorite traits and put that in them. And the fun thing about fiction is the girls can maybe do something that I went through, but respond to it how I wish I would have responded to it. Uh huh. And, and then I feel like it's a better learning experience for the readers. That's awesome. And where do you, where do you sell your books? They're on Amazon or my website. MelissaTorres.com. Got it. And tell us the name of the series one more time. Perfect Balance Gymnastics. Perfect. That's so great. <laughs> I love yes. that. It is really fun. And I just feel like gymnasts work so hard and they deserve books that are authentic mm -hmm. and to the sport. Mm -hmm. Well, going yeah. back to your experience of this in the sport, and, and maybe this ties into some of your books, but um, what is your most memorable moment from being a gymnast? There's a few. Um, in club, my most memorable was I won the all around in level six at zone championships. And that that's a big deal in club. In college, one of my best memories was a meet was after the third rotation, we were tied up and floor was the last rotation. And I was first up on floor and I got my personal best. And then most of my teammates got their personal best. And we broke a school record that night on floor and won the meet. So that was that was a fun night. And then, of course, I think for all gymnasts in college, their final home meet as a senior senior night is a really memorable night and a special a special one. So, of course, it was for me as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you have any from, you know, I think you bring a really unique perspective to the sport because now you look at it from the point of view of all these different characters in your books, and then you have your own experiences. How do you, you know, what kind of advice would you have for young athletes coming up through the sport? And what kind of questions do you get from young athletes that are reading your book? Do they coincide? Yes. So I think there's two questions there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> One, probably like a one <laughs> to answer the first one, what would I tell athletes or tell gymnasts coming up? I think for gymnasts and parents, sometimes they get really caught up in 
am I going to make level 10? Am I going to make college or elite or, and it's a lot of pressure. And my thought is it doesn't matter how far they take the sport. They're all learning these great life skills that other people aren't learning. Um, the grit and grace and confidence and strength and flexibility and all those skills create success later in life. And so enjoy the journey and it doesn't, they've, they've learned more than they realize no matter how mm -hmm. far they take it. Um, and so that's, that's my biggest thing is enjoy the journey and if you take it to college. Great. And if you don't, you still got so much out of your childhood. Yeah. And the other piece was you said, how does it, is that the message I'm pushing in the, in the books? Is that right? Yeah. Or, you know, do, do you hear from, like, do you find that the people, the athletes reading your books, do they reach out to you and how do yes. they sort of respond and what kind of advice or things resonate with them? So yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So I, <laughs> I feel like, um, again, fiction novels for gymnasts are very rare. The authenticity is rare. Um, I think the novels that are written for gymnasts, the authors, if they haven't grown up in the gym are a little shy of spending a lot of time writing about scenes in the gym. And most of the books, the scenes are in the gym or in meets. So the girls right. love that. Um, also, one thing I really try to push with my books is it's female main characters and the conflicts in the stories are age appropriate and the, and gymnastics related instead of conflicting with each other. So mm -hmm. it's a girl versus a skill or girl versus an event instead of girl versus girl. And I really feel like in the gym, I felt like women were, my teammates were, had my best interests and they were trying to hold me up. And I found when I left the gym, that wasn't always the case. And so that's unique to gymnastics. And I like promoting that for gymnasts and non-gymnasts. And so I hope that non-gymnasts that read the books learn that skill as well. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think since I've gotten more active on social media, I've, I would agree that it's a really unique, really special community and everybody is so supportive of each other, which it's so wonderful to, to experience that. Right. And I think because as children, we had bigger challenges, which was throwing your back handspring on high beam today instead of <laughs> wobbling with the girls. You just, we just didn't do it. We just, we had, we were hoping for the best for each other. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's interesting that you, I, I definitely had challenges, I think, with teammates growing up early on. So it's interesting that you had such good experiences with all your teammates because that wasn't always the case for me in the gym, but I'm glad. I feel like it's changing and, um, to your point, you know, cha being challenged by a back handspring right. is a much bigger deal than wanting to squabble with uh, right. other girls yeah. in the gym. <laughs> yeah. And I think if you had challenges in the gym, it usually only takes one girl to create that negative environment. And we yeah. were just lucky enough uh, to not have that. And I think we did have one a level above me. And as soon as she quit, it was gone. Oh, that's great. So, yeah. So I did have a positive experience. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder sometimes, you know, it is such a competitive sport that just the competitive nature of all of us in the sport maybe gets the best of us sometimes and you lose sight of the bigger picture of working together and that, you know, we all have common goals and we can all 
what is the the saying? Um, a rising tide lift all lifts all boats or something yeah. like that. Right. Yeah. And it really, and in club, it's so individual that, um, hopefully that's a healthy thing where they're competing against themselves and their own personal best score instead of what their friend got. And I right. think that takes maturity to learn that. And that's what I try to reiterate in the story so that hopefully the girls reading it will, will adopt that thought process or uh, philosophy. Yep. Yep. Well, we're getting close to the end here. So I have a couple more questions for you. Sure. So one of the things I noticed is that you have a habit of doing handstand pictures when you travel. <laughs> yes, I do. I, <laughs> I think, think that's, that's a, a common, common habit. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. So what is your favorite place that you've ever taken a handstand photo? The one that turned out the best, um, so I like it, is in Hawaii. There was We were walking under a little waterfall, and I said, I want to do a handstand here, and I took it. And it's just a really fun negative space picture. Um, sometimes you take handstand pictures, and they don't quite turn out but this one did. And I really, I like it. I used it on my Instagram page on, on national handstand day or international handstand day. So that's, that's <laughs> my favorite one. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And yeah. my final question is what does life in a Leo mean to you? Oh, that's a good one. Um, when I think of life in a Leo, I think of women uh, and young ladies who are very they're very strong and they have a lot of heart and grit. I don't think you can last even one level in this sport without having a lot of heart and grit. And mm -hmm. so again, no matter how long they take it, if you've lived a portion of your life in a leotard, there's something very special about that individual. They're very strong. And, and I just love meeting them <laughs> and talking to them yeah, and they'll so be successful in life. In my opinion, I think all gymnasts, they have this recipe for success. In life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love it. Wow. Well, Melissa, thank you. thank you so much for your time today and good yeah. luck with your books. I can't wait to read them. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's, it's fun to awesome. talk about gymnastics. It's my favorite topic. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, a once a gymnast, always a gymnast. It sort of yes. lives inside you, right? <laughs> yes. Awesome. And it's, it's hard to retire, but there, you can remain in the sport in many ways. So, yeah. That's, yep. that's good news. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And hopefully our paths will cross one of these days. Hey, sounds good. Thanks for reaching out. Thanks for sure having thing. me. Bye. Okay. Bye. That was so much fun. I love that Melissa turned her love for gymnastics into a fiction series. That's so inspiring. I mentioned that I don't know much about Utah State University gymnastics, which is only partially true. I realized after the interview, this is the program where Amy Smith is the head coach. Amy was a UCLA gymnast in the late 90s, and prior to being the head coach at Utah State, was the assistant coach at University of North Carolina for the past five years. Amy's actually someone we know because we've made a handful of leotards for her at both North Carolina and at Utah State. The leotards were done by Rebecca's mom leotard, so I can post a couple of those as well so you guys can check them out. Have you guys been following the new questions feature on Instagram? We had a lot of great questions come through this week. Thank you so much for asking us questions and joining in on the fun. If you're new to this podcast, you can always find us on Instagram at Rebecca's Mom Leo or on our website www.leotard.com. 
If you have any questions, feedback, or anything else you want to share, you can always reach me at Rebecca at leotard.com, R-E-B-E-C-C-A, or you can message me on Instagram. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you all have a great weekend. Keep training hard, bring on the upgrades, and don't forget to point your toes.